Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Good morning. Welcome to our service of Hope Church. Um, I'm so glad that you could join us from wherever you are today. Um, I got to talk to a few of you this week, um, just on the phone or by text, and it made me realize just how much I miss seeing you. Um, So I hope you are well. I hope you um, just enjoy this service and get a lot out of it and meet with God is my prayer for you today. Um, So I have a confession to make. Um, Sometimes on a Sunday morning, I will just put the service on on my phone while I'm still making my coffee or getting ready or doing something else. Um, Somehow I can still be late in the morning even when I have nowhere to go. I don't have to leave my house. Um, It's a talent. And sometimes I can start to think of the church service as um, almost like a podcast or something, like just something to listen to and fill the silence. I want to challenge you, if you're anything like me, if you do that, um, that today that you um, give this service your focus. Um, Not to us, please, not to us, but to what God has to say to you. Um, Let this be a special time between you and God. Um, Listen to what he has to say in your heart and quiet yourself and your surroundings so you can spend time with giving God your full attention and your full focus today um, as we seek his heart. So let's pray um, as we get started. (sighs) Dear God, We are here together, um, even though it's online and we're in separate places, our hearts are together as we focus on you. Please speak to us today. Um, Let us hear the words you have for us. Turn our hearts towards you Help us to put away all the distractions um, that we have and just learn to know your heart a little better today. In Jesus' name, amen.
a version of Second Chronicles 7.14 being posted a lot um, lately. Um, I'm going to read that to you. So it's, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Um, so I was reading a lot about that this week because I was interested. I always want to know if that if verses are being taken out of context. So I was looking into um, the context of this verse, um, and it is actually God's response to Solomon, um, his prayer after dedicating the temple. So we're going to go back into Second Chronicles 6, um, and we're going to let the people of Hope Church read that to you today. But will God really live on earth among people? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you. May you watch over this temple day and night, this place where you have said you would put your name. May you always hear the prayers I make toward this place. May you hear the humble and earnest request from me and your people Israel when we pray toward this place. Yes, hear, from, hear us from heaven where you live, and when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar at this temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Pay back the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn back and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and return them to this land you gave to them and to their ancestors. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, locusts and grasshoppers, or when enemies besiege them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel, being aware of their afflictions and pains and spreading out their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and deal with everyone according to all they do, since you know their hearts, for you alone know the human heart, so that they will fear you and walk in obedience to you all the time they live in the land of our ancestors. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from distant lands when they hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of earth will come to know you and fear you, just as your own people, Israel, do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to the enemy, who takes them captive to a land far away or near. And if they have a change of heart 
in the land where they are held captive, and repent and plead with you in the land of their captivity, and say, We have sinned, we have done wrong and acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity, where they were taken, and pray toward the land you gave their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen, and toward the temple I have built for your name. Then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their pleas, and uphold their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. O my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. And now arise, O Lord God, and enter your resting place, along with the ark, the symbol of your power. May your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your loyal servants rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not reject the king you have anointed. Remember your unfailing love for your servant David. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. So Solomon prayed this prayer at the dedication of the temple, the physical building that they built to literally house God's presence. This is a big deal because this is the first time that God lived on earth among his people since the Garden of Eden. The significance of the building was not the physical structure or location, but the fact that God chose to be present there. Many years later, when Jesus came to earth, he became the new temple. His name Emmanuel means God with us. So he was moving not in just the building anymore, but in with his people. When Jesus returned to heaven, he did not take away access to his presence, but instead he expanded it to be available to everyone, to all those who follow him and accept his Holy Spirit. This means that we who believe and follow God are the new temple. We, together as the church, are the dwelling place of God. So keep that in mind as we read later in chapter seven, this is God's response to Solomon's prayer. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from the heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. 
I will always watch over it for it is dear to my heart. But if you or your descendants abandon me and disobey the decrees and commands I have given you, and if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot the people from this land that I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make it an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. And though this temple is impressive now, all who pass by will be appalled. They will ask, why did the Lord do such terrible things to this land and to this temple? And the answer will be, because his people abandoned the Lord, the God of the ancestors who brought them out of Egypt, and they worshiped other gods instead and bowed down to them. That is why he has brought all these disasters on them. So what does this mean for us who are now the dwelling place of God? Does it make us extremely important and worthy of praise ourselves? So there are actually two opposite responses that we can have to this, either pride or humility. When we begin to think of how great we must be to have been chosen to be part of God's body, we begin to steal praise and glory that actually belongs to God. We begin to put ourselves in a higher place than we deserve for in reality, no one deserves the grace God has shown us. We have all failed God's standards of perfection miserably and not one of us could possibly earn a place in his favor. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me Trade them for 
prideful, then our other option is humility. Here's a story that Jesus told in Matthew 18 that illustrates the appropriate response to his grace. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. When we keep that huge debt of sin that God forgave us in our minds, we have less room for pride 
because we know our forgiveness was not through our own merit, but God's grace. We must search our hearts honestly with God and remember all that we need forgiveness for, whether it is hatred or greed or selfishness or pride or whatever else, all the sins that are so easy to keep hidden from the world, but are known so well by God. It's important to remember what we've been forgiven of, but not wallow in it. Don't give it more attention than God's grace and goodness. This then should inform how we treat other people. No more or less deserving of grace than we ourselves are. How can we go forward judging people's sins when we ourselves have been forgiven so much? It is not our place to deem others worthy or unworthy of God's kingdom, no matter what their actions are. The homeless person and the politician and the celebrity and the single mother and any other person that we tend to judge mercilessly and you are all equally deserving of the same chance at forgiveness and a secure place in God's church the dwelling place of God himself on earth. God's kingdom is not limited to a nationality or race or culture. There is no separation by age or gender or wealth. Where you were born or to whom you were born has no bearing on your status, only that you were given the choice to surrender to God's will for you or continue on your own and you chose to surrender. Be very careful not to demand more from others than God has asked from you. He gave you his grace and forgiveness freely. The truth is none of us deserve God's grace and we are called to follow his example. Star signal fire up. 
you have spoken all nature and science follow the sound of your voice oh, and as you speak a hundred billion creatures catch your breath
that he deserves. So take just one moment to think about the debt that God has forgiven you. Some of us may carry that very close to our hearts already and we may need to spend extra time believing and allowing God's forgiveness to take away that heavy weight of guilt that we've been carrying. Some of us may need to put aside debts that we've been holding over other people first and take some time remembering and feeling the gravity of our own debts of sin that we have been relieved of and beg forgiveness again for the lack of grace that we have shown others. Wherever you are, take the time you need, even pause the video if you want to. And then we're gonna come together again with a song.
our time here together today with one more song. Let us keep this attitude of humble adoration to God for his forgiveness and his goodness. He doesn't give up on us and he promises to hear when we come to him in repentance. Thank you. 